Welcome to another episode of Unapologetically Black on WOVU LP Cleveland 95.9 FM. We are your hosts, E. King and Just Ice. How you feeling today, bro? I'm feeling pretty good, pretty great, really great. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how you're going to do the whole show? What's up for the week? What you got going on this week? Man, um, I'm going camping this week. Black. Nice. Black people don't camp. Uh, unapologetically black. <laughs> black people don't camp. Where are you going camping at? Seriously though, seriously, seriously. On the real. It's gonna, it's, my answer is gonna be even worse because I'm going camping in the Everglades. In the Everglades. See that? I mean, you live in that lovely life. Lovely life. I don't know if you guys heard a little giggle. That is our guest today, Stephanie. But we gonna get or Steph, aka Steph. We gonna get to her a little later on. But um, you got any shout outs this week? Who me? Yeah, you. Yeah, Why I'm, you be I'm looking so surprised, man? We do this every week. I'm, I'm shouting out Serena Williams. For winning? Yeah. Yeah. What else? Yeah. For that outfit she wore? That's it. Nah, nah. What? Nah, you're not going to get, you're not gonna get misogynistic on this. Oh, no, not today. Not today. You so, I mean, dude, you're so subdued, <laughs> man. You are boring me today, bro. All right. <laughs> you, got, you got a whole 45 minutes. Yeah, you are up. so subdued. But anyway, but our topic today is being authentically black. So that's one. Then we're going to jump over to what is the benefit of being black. So as I already said, joining us in the Garden Valley Studios is Stephanie Kelly Lewis. What's up, girl? Hi. Uh, am, I, am I being subdued as well? You get, hey, it's okay. It's okay. So, Steph is also a therapist. She works for the county. She is MST or multi system therapist clinical supervisor, as well as pro, probation manager for Cuyahoga County Juvenile Courts. So, yes. you, get, you get all up in it. All up in it. What's the percentage of yeah. individuals that come through the juvenile court are black? A lot, <laughs> a lot. I feel, yeah, a lot. I, I don't want to put their numbers out here. You know, I'm don't put, don't put, I, I right. I'm still employed. But, right, right, right. You know, it, it, it's we're we're dealing we're dealing with that um that I'm what those numbers those numbers those numbers yeah okay. and eric you forgot i'm a I know. part-time therapist as i'm well. gonna say that too give Get, me a minute you just want to plug in your little political questions i i was i was i was going but <laughs> <laughs> what does it mean to be on the special dockets for the court what does that mean oh yeah so you know Cuyahoga county juvenile court has two dockets so you have traditional mm -hmm. standard docket mm -hmm. so that's limited services you know right. just straight probation criminogenic then right. you have specialized dockets where we have the rehabilitation services. Mm -hmm. So any drug problems, mental health, family system problems, Stuff like that. where they have their sanctions are really therapeutic interventions mm -hmm. that are evidence-based mm -hmm. and supported by the Supreme Court of Ohio. Okay. So that's cool. That's yeah, cool. it's real cool. But like she also said, she is a part-time therapist at... You Psychological... Say and behavioral consultants or, or we, known as psych bc i was just about to say that we call them psych bc in the hood <laughs> so this is this is the second show where we have had mental health uh individuals on the second show where we have had uh what else what else what else what we got second show no this is the second show with mental health people right yeah yeah, yeah, mental yeah. Health. yeah. Mental so health. we all we all got mental health Problems, not yeah. yeah. <laughs> How'd you end up uh, going into that field, though, as a black woman? Oh, mental health. <laughs> 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 that's that mental Is that lively for you? 
Right. Is that good old mental health? Is that, right. Um, you know, I actually took my first psychology class uh, senior year of high school. Okay. And shaker, and mm-hmm. it was the only thing that intrigued me that made me think it was worth learning and mm-hmm. that it could benefit a real change. And mm-hmm. I just never stopped. So. So it went all the way through, and you graduated. Yeah. You went where you go to college? Oh yeah, because you keep confusing it with I the did. other. I, so the right. other HU. So <laughs> I couldn't even tend to that. That right. So you I didn't let even everyone know. My email or I'm gonna text. get real close. Yeah, to this get real mic. close. Get real close. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I went to Hampton, Hampton University, Hampton. the real HU. Right. Justin, do you remember that year we went to Hampton? We couldn't get in yeah. the gate. We was on the outside. Well. <laughs> we weren't good enough. We weren't. You say what? What'd you say? We got into Hampton. We got in. We snuck in. We did. We, did. we snuck in. Oh, okay. I can so, see you. Right, right. Because that's how we do things. I can see it. Yeah, we got in. Right. <laughs> So Hampton is an HBCU, and Howard is also HBCU, but Howard is where... No one f- went to Hampton. I what? mean, Howard right now. Why are we talking about Howard? Because, I'm going to go ahead and say it, because my fraternity was founded, and who else, who else, who else sorority was founded at Howard? I mean, I respect them for that. Wait, wait, wait. Let me say it again. Who else sorority was founded at Howard? Mine. Okay, thank you. That's all I want. Okay. No disrespect. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, we got all Greeks on the panel this, today. So, we're going to go ahead and do this. But let's get into it. Okay. Um, let's get into that first question okay. that I know that you are ready to hear or ready to answer because I talked to you yesterday about it. So, yeah. how did you become aware of your blackness? You know, I thought about this when you told me we would we would discuss it, and mm-hmm. I think I became most aware of my blackness in the third grade. Third grade? Is that so old? you like eight? I was nine. Nine. Is that old? Oh, I went to what Shaker. Do you mean old? That's I young. I I don't know. So yeah, I was nine, and okay. it was because my best friend had just transferred from Catholic schools mm-hmm. and lived in Cleveland, mm-hmm. and I was a peer mediator, and I wanted her to come play with my friends and play soccer, you know, to acclimate <laughs> her to the. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Go you ahead. You done? Go ahead. Okay. Unapologetically black. I, I'm just saying. Okay. Go ahead. Um, and so. <laughs> He, um, I really wish I could see her just this He's not face. saying, he's just looking. Okay. So, um, yeah, she was like, girl, why you want me to go play with them white girls? Mm. And I was like, what? Okay. What you mean? That's, you know, mm. my friends. And we play soccer at recess. I'm trying to get you hooked up with some friends. She was like, you know, I know black friends. Mm. And she really helped make me aware of just how black I was and what that meant and who I should hang with and Mm -hmm. different activities as as a kid Mm. to even do that mm, that mm, that that rubbed me the wrong way the reason why because Mm -hmm. it sounded as if you playing with white people was bad I don't think she meant it like that at eight years old I think it just meant what like unfamiliarity Eight years old, that's no filter. They exactly meant that is exactly what the eight years <laughs> They yeah, have I no guess. filter. I guess I didn't take it that way. I took it like, oh, I guess I didn't introduce her to any black people. Okay. And she went from school with mostly black mm-hmm. inner city mm-hmm. kids all her life. And right. then now we have this okay. huge, diverse, you know, diversity and shaker. And, right. Right and about I, now it is. Can I ask a question, though? Oh, sure. Go ahead, man. Was when when she did that? Um, because I'm pretty sure that you thought about it and 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 everything. When she did that, did it did it confirm something that was in you, or did it teach you something that was not? I think it taught me something that was not. Because and, and I guess 
You know, because when I think about it, like all of, like I was raised by my grandma, you know, they're all from the South. Most of my aunt and uncles are light skinned, hazel eyes, you know, like mm. the paper bag, blue mm-hmm. vein mm-hmm. situation. But my grandma, like I was her first real, real chocolate baby. Like, I mean, my mom, but my mom was even lighter. And so she really just tried to promote that, you mm. know, and make me feel good. And I think there was some, you know, negative things around it but I think once I went to school and um was around so many different people who just saw me for being good at sports being smart you know Mm -hmm. being charismatic being caring I really defined myself by characteristics so what my friend offered to me was kind of like girl get you some black friends Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know and like that matters if you have black friends and right. it matters to me, so go find me some <laughs> or we'll be, you'll be my black friend. And now you got a black friend. Okay. And uh, my socialization in school changed after that. So what do you mean by socialization? You... Cause that's who I hung, I hung out with her. We're, we're okay. we've been best friends since. Okay. Do I know this person? I don't know her. Okay. No, probably not. No, uh, no, I don't think it's who you think it is. Okay. That's what, that's no, what no, 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 no. Okay. So you've already spoken a little bit about it, but how do you think that overall at the age where you are? So you said you said nine, mm-hmm. right? And then you are a certain age right now. How do you think over time that shaped your identity? Well, shift it because my environment's shifted, right? Mm-hmm. So in Shaker, as I got older, I felt really proud of my blackness because then I became a cheerleader like by the time I was a teenager and really getting into that identity development stage and Mm -hmm. you know self-esteem and all the white girls wanted to move like the black girls you know (laughs) and you know shaker raiders and shaking it and it was like if you were shaker heights varsity cheerleader it like everybody wanted to be you even the white girls So, so it shifted a little bit like oh now I got these white girls wanting blackness and then after that I went to an HBCU where yeah. black was, it was layers of black right. and levels to blackness and eliteness and we're going to talk about that in the, in the third se- uh, segment where you're talking about that benefit so in other words yeah. being a cheerleader and all the cheerleaders that were white wanted to move like the black girls yeah. was a benefit in being black and I was captain and you were the captain yeah. So you ran it all. What you got, Jess? I see you over there looking. Uh-oh. Nah, I'm going to wait till later. Oh, boy. <laughs> you got to add something, you know, man. Listen, what? you know, I support it. It's a beautiful story, though. You know, I, um, that, I really appreciated, you know, the honesty in saying, you know, she provided something that she didn't have, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I. The only other question I guess I would would really ask would be, you know, being around all those white people, none of them made you feel black. You know, when you think about so much racism and all this stuff that goes on, you know, for me, that's, uh, I think, proof positive that there was no racism, that you were able to have a bunch of white friends and they, you know, you didn't know any different. You didn't feel any different. At nine years old, I think that would be different though. Yeah, I think yeah. at that, because then, I mean, the the last part of that story, it, mm-hmm. uh, like, we stopped at HBCU. I came home, and I went to John Carroll. Okay. Definitely knew I was black. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I came home and, right. and had a minimum wage job with, on a dean's list, mm-hmm. you know, summa cum laude, and all kind of awards and waitlisted for PhD programs at LSU, and I knew I was black when mm-hmm. I got back to Cleveland. Mm-hmm really blatantly so i would say yes in shaker i it was a utopia it was if you're smart if you're sitting in the front if you are uh in 
organizations. You're right. a peer mediator. Yeah. The teachers love you. You're tutor. And put it in context because Shaker was uh, seen as more of a pers- progressive in race. Absolutely. They were they review that. And then also, when you look at it, your idea just growing up in New York of blackness, once again, we always talk about regional blackness, was very different than growing up here in Ohio. I had a different experience, although we were in the same city and we we're all in the same age bracket. Growing up in Bedford, um, I you knew you was I, black. I knew I was black. Yeah, I knew. Well, I mean, and I think you know. I you know. I, to be honest with you, I think the difference that I hear is, in, and I think it would be more of a suburban thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what I hear, you know. For me, is you know, with the suburban kids, you know, there's typically European kids, and that's who you hang out with. Sometimes they're not always, you know you know, jackrabbits, you know, that's just the truth of the matter. Mm -hmm. Um, And in that particular story, it sounded like that was the experience. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, a lot of times, you know, we we talk about and we point out, you know, for instance, the negative, if you will. And Mm -hmm. for me, I felt like that was one of those experiences that was positive, Mm -hmm. where she wasn't made to feel different. She wasn't made to feel Mm -hmm. outside of the norm to the point where she invited Mm-hmm. her black friend and her black friend was the one to you know show her that it was something different mm-hmm. that it was you know outside of the norm you know so the idea uh, is being black there's a stigma you talking about she didn't have the stigma for the first nine years of her life she didn't yeah, have to and live with that and, una- and i think for her it was a, a, por- a part of being unapologetic yeah come mm-hmm. hang out with my white friends mm-hmm. you know it's not a you know i play soccer you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. um to be honest with you, and I'll say this out loud, I don't know too many sisters that play soccer from um, from Ohio. Really? You know? And I'm just being, you know, I'm mm-hmm. just being honest. There's a, there's quite, there's quite a few. Mm-hmm. There's quite, there's quite a few. Yeah. I, I'm just saying I don't know. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, I get, yeah. I get that. You've been, you're, you're using the I statement. I got you. And you know, it shifted as we got to high school. You know, that shifted because at, at Shaker Heights High School, you'll you'll see that there's a black side of the school and a white side of the school mm. over time. As far That's as true. where the let out was, you <laughs> right. remember that, yeah, Eric? I remember like that. the let out, yeah. and that was because on this side is where most of the minority families yeah. lived, yeah. and they had to catch the rapid, and that was right. more the borders. And then on the other side, you could just walk into the real suburban richer parts of shaker and that's also a part i think in high school where we realized it was difference Mm -hmm. but it would still be like i'm about to go on the white side they tripping like they fighting over here i'm going on the white side because we about to go to a bar mitzvah like i ain't got time for that this weekend and then whites being like i'm gonna go to the black side because you know chingy or whoever was out like (laughs) i feel like chingy was in college no, no, no. But, but yeah, for real. You understand? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Shaker, so to go with the <laughs> archetype of what a suburban life look or a suburb look like, Shaker was definitely it. Mm-hmm. Shaker was it. If anybody is like listening, no. Exactly. Some- Shaker was it. Um, Beffer wasn't necessarily it. So the, the realization <laughs> that I was black was vastly different than the realization that I can hear what you're saying about Shaker. So Sh- I think you can't necessarily paint every uh, suburb, you know, suburb in the same 
light, just but shaker definitely. At least not here. At least not here, because well, our yeah, suburbs not, yeah, are very financially like divided. So you know, right? Yeah, you got different layers of like the finance and the progressiveness. Because right. I raised my child in Bedford. Right. You know, he's five. He's about to be five years old. Right. And we said we got to buy a house in Shaker. Right. <laughs> like we, you know, like if we're gonna get that diversity. Right. And I have to pay for it. Yeah. It's Shaker. We got to get out of Bedford. You because know? so I live in Solon. And Solon is like Elite. all the way up, as yeah. in, so we have a sprinkle of black people. And then down to Shaker would be a little bit more than Bedford and then like Maple. So you have to, in Ohio, you got to layer that. And so your identity, especially as being a, a black individual, to go back to identity, your awareness is very different. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it may, I mean, to go back to what you were saying, Justice, yeah, I mean, she, she didn't have the stigma of the first nine years of dealing with whatever was going on in the black community. Yeah. Yeah. What you got? That's it? No, no, that was, you know, I just wanted to point that out. You know, I think that was a positive. You know, mm. I think that's a, a great place to be. But for me, you push know, back. That's, that's, you that's know, how you, that's how you view things. That, because yeah, that goes to that, that goes to that, that third point. What we're going to talk about is that the benefit of black, you, you, yeah, that's that's just how you view things. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> like him in particular. Yeah, him. Trying to jump forward. Right. Okay. I'm not trying to. I'm but no, so excited seriously. about the evolution because, of this conversation. No, seriously, because justice have moments to where he just want to pack up the Studebaker and just go away from black. Let's be. I mean. Oh really? Is that right? Is that why you going camping? Okay, I'm kidding. I really like you going camping, but I because I, I know couldn't. I'm not going to see any. But no, I couldn't um, let it go though. And it's I funny. understand E King's metaphor, but you know we really need to clean that up. We're gonna I clean get, it up. You know, we're gonna know. clean it up because I like to hit I, Kanye West. I right, I hit oh. I hit him I hit him with it, and so we go back and forth about it. Um, it's all he know. It's all in love, right? No, it's all in love. It's all, it's in, all love. in love. Okay, it's okay, okay. But no, I I just you know I'm a you haven't heard me say it, but I, I always say on the show, I'm not black, I'm OJ. And I'm, you um, know what? I'm. We're going to talk about that. Yeah. So, I, I think go the ahead. benefit you know, of being that, black. That's, that's going to be my response to it. You know, okay. I love y'all. <laughs> All right. So we're going to go ahead and wrap this uh, up. We're going to go on a break. Okay. Uh, we're going to take that first break. And on the other side, we're going to talk. We're going to first talk about being authentically black. So you are listening to Unapologetically Black on WOVU LP Cleveland 95.9 FM. Welcome back. This is Unapologetically Black on WOVULP Cleveland 95.9 FM. We are your hosts, Just Ice and E. King. Our guest today is Stephanie Kelly Lewis. Our first topic, which we already broached and we already got a little bit into it. Um, we're going to go ahead and just jump into being authentically black. So this is one of those this is one of those episodes or topic that uh comes from the outside and this one actually came from steph because she listened to a couple of our shows she sat in on the on the uh what was it the black fatherhood yeah show. father's day and she she was bubbling up she had a lot bubbling up and she really wanted to say something so what i actually want to do not to put her on the spot but when when this idea of unap- un- unapologetically black and being authentically black came into your head what are some things that popped up as far as the subject of being authentically black oh the full circle of mm-hmm. of our development mm-hmm. you know um 
of our development, of our impact on society, of our legacy and our heritage. You okay. know, all of that kind of just was loaded. Mm -hmm. Because I think if I could try to say it as simple as possible, mm -hmm. we are black. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Everyone is in agreement on that. Right, right. Um, and that identity was formed here mm -hmm. on American soil as far right. as black the label black right and not necessarily association with your mm -hmm. mother country mm -hmm. right okay if that's where our definition arised then everything that attaches to it in mm -hmm. the society then we have to deal with okay. either combat weigh in as a part of who we are mm -hmm. or learn more you okay. know just learn more and in order to do that successfully you got to be authentic. You okay. have to be authentic to who you are mm -hmm. and your characteristics. I think that's what we talk about being unapologetically black means mm -hmm. is to be authentic to your characteristics and your mm -hmm. personality traits okay. as a person. Mm -hmm. To add being um, authentically black to that is knowing that all of those things in some way, shape or form mm -hmm. are impacted by your identity as black right. in America. Okay. Period. Okay. And so when you when you think of I have a question, sure. <laughs> Go ahead, man. You got to add just jump in. Like, what are, do we do we have like like traits that we just or is it this anything that you say goes? Is it one of those things like what do you, mean? you know? Like you know, if I decide that you know today I want to get up and uh, I don't know smack a bunch of white people. But I'm just saying seriously let's think about what I'm saying okay think about what I'm saying all right I'm not gonna just say something for for the sake of just saying it if I decide today that I want to get up today and smack a bunch of white people and be like hey, I'm authentically black what what kind of traits are we going to ascribe to that I, think I guess that's when we're, we're talking about a whole brain discussion mm -hmm. what kind of you know what kind of traits comes with that you know what does that look like maybe that's what i should say mm -hmm. what does authentically black actually look yeah, like i think that's what yeah that's what you're trying to say i think that it looks like it looks different for every person mm -hmm. you know because and that's why it's so individualized so how i'm authentically black and unapologetic who doesn't want to wake up and smack white people you know <laughs> like your authentically black will look different based on your personality it could be mm -hmm. your familiar your uh, familiar structure it could be um your you know spiritual structure it could be your personality traits and how all of the things surrounding you your access to health care your access to mental health services the way your parents were parented mm -hmm. by your grandparents who may have been parented by, right. you know, uh, a child of a slave. Right, right. Who could have been raped by a slave owner. Right. Like all of that baggage. And they talk a, a lot about this um, in old 80s psychological reports by black people about the history of our black family and how that impacts how we uh, raise our children and I think how you're raised and how you're um, impacted at that those primal years affects your personality development. I also think that it looks like not running away from your blackness. And I, I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah because I, mean, I think that, that to me, then yeah. that's 
That's authentically black too, though. That's, that's what I'm because saying. at the end of the day, you know, why are you running away from that? Why right. is that a negative experience for you? Right. And why can't you identify mm-hmm. with being black? And what experiences have you had that makes you absent from the factors in our society mm-hmm. that um, that influence your trajectory? Because we don't because of your color. We don't have a test. We don't have a test for black. We no. don't have we don't have anything that says in order for you to be black, you gotta be this way. But what I do believe when you're being authentic, you're not actually just like the show is called unapologetic. You're also not you're also not running away from your blackness. You're embracing the fact that you have these individuals over here, mm-hmm. these scholars that we every February, you know they you know, the first black to do this, the first black to do that, the first black to do this. We're all, we embrace that, but we also have to understand that there are some other aspects of black, and we'll talk about this in the third, that you can't necessarily or you should not run away from. Mm-hmm. And so when you're being authentically black, you're actually embracing both sides. Yeah. You're, you're embracing the individual that is extra smart, and then you embrace the individual that needs that need a little help. And you're, I think it's another piece to that too, Eric. You're embracing the unknown. Right. Because we are such, like... We, we have the ability to be a blank slate as well mm-hmm. because, you know, tracking back where we are from, I mean, Irish, Italians, everybody can kind of track back all the way. Mm-hmm. And it's very difficult to do that in our lineage. Mm-hmm. And no matter what they come up with these gimmicks in your DNA and now you 90% Nigerian, like you don't know for mm-hmm. sure. And so I think that we have to realize there's an unknown piece. And I think sometimes, you know, that's where people get lost in trying to run away from their blackness because right. maybe they're overly embracing the question mark because right. they're painting on the blank slate. Right. I just don't think that either one of them weighs more than the other i that's why i think it's so authentically individualized okay those three parts because the islanders we talk about the islanders and how they view blackness and how you know when when you come over and this is the part that goes goes to running away from it when you're you may be born on an island somewhere and your skin may be darker and when you come over to the united states all of the United States. They don't know that you're Haitian. They don't know you're you're uh, Jamaican or whatever. All they see or what is that black. Means. Exactly. Yes. All they see is black. And so for you to separate your well, I'm not I'm not that black. I'm not from I haven't been here a while. I'm from the islands. I'm not from A, B, and C black. Mm-hmm. But yet and still you're in the United States and you're black and you have to you you have to be authentic about that. And just like other that. cultures. I, I, Go ahead. I have to say this. I'm so sorry, but I do have to say this. Jump in, man. And and, I, and and it's and it's based off of the analogy that was just used. Mm-hmm. You know, if based off of both the analogies that was just used, if I understand that black is a construct that is American made, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Agreeance okay. on that. Okay. And I'm. I, why would I ask someone from another country to come in and accept that construct? especially if we know that construct has been created and built Mm -hmm. for the purposes of belittling and a whole bunch of other negative traits. Mm -hmm. Why would I ask that person to accept that and bring that in and hold that in and and make him theirs? Conversely, why would I ask black people to do the same thing? What do you mean If we're saying that it's a construct, Mm -hmm. if we're saying that you know, it's really up to the person, because it sounds like what we're really saying is we're just asking people to be black people to be great human beings and it just so happens that you're black because black is something that is American has created and so so again my question you know goes why would I ask an islander to come in and accept 
the American construct of black. So go go back to this construct because we have we go back and forth about this idea of construct, and it's it's like. I'm looking at a wall. That's just my term, and because, but right, that no, 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 was, no. You know, that's what she stated earlier, yeah. and you know, no, no, no. And no. Then, but you know. it, it's not that you're asking someone to accept it. It's just being real about what it is in the land that you're a part of. Mm-hmm. You, it's, it's, yeah. I know, but I, in elementary I, I, school, I know that, you learn firsthand that when people start using words to, to words matter against you, to start ignoring those words, and then those words no longer have any value. But why are you running away from you those know? words? And that, that's what I'm. That's that's so where the authentic part is. Go I ahead. think it's two things because I do. I understand the concept of the construct, and I I'm not in full full agreement that Islanders should come and assume this construct. I think it should be recognized, mm-hmm. and I think that the foundation of the similarities of oh your skin means this in America, my skin means this. Let's right. help a, help exactly. a brother out, help a sister out. It's just saying hey, you see this wall, this construct of blackness. Right. Everybody, let's come look at this. Let's study this because it's in our way to make this um, open floor plan to the kitchen of America. Like, let's knock it down. Like, so let's get in here. Let's see what it means. Let's redefine what this is and tear it down and create something new. And don't run from it. But I I think running from it doesn't create something new. I think this is probably one of those few times where I feel like, you know, like I can hold on to something, E. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say that I'm not running from it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put myself in that shoes and say, I'm not running from it. I just don't want to be, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm going to ignore the name calling. That's what I'm going to do. You oh, want to okay. call me a name? That's fine. Right. You think that I I'm this? That. That's cool. But I get, so this is the thing. So that's, that's your authentic right. black. That's your, yeah. but Go ahead. We're also not saying that you forgetting who you are or casting off who you are. Just recognizing that you're in the United States. No one on your, on, on your head, it doesn't say what race you are or what, uh, diaspora of black you are you're just black and no matter if you believe it's a race is a construct or whatever have you it is what it is now what you do with that construct is up to you and i think that's what steph is talking about am i right yeah. oh yeah i think that well i think what you do with the contract construct is up to what's needed for the greater good right <laughs> you know, be clear right. about that right. but i do think that what you're saying is how to how do you man this is how you manage your blackness and i think that is what makes you authentically black is mm-hmm. i manage it in this way i manage it by rejecting the negative associations with it i think embracing all parts of it helps us to learn the construct that mm-hmm. has been built for so many years and it, it's so much creativity and how it's been built to create such a mental enslavement so how we have to study that first by recognizing it addressing it uh, well recognizing it um, having some awareness of what that means in us and then um, embracing it okay and I think it's love this is like kind of my levels of how you manage crisis anyway embracing that and then managing what that means in your life so you've recognized it you are going to embrace it right you're going to own it to be yours and then you change it and I think black but we people jump are from the, here what right, it is let's change exactly. it, here what it is. that's what we're running around in a circle chasing our tails and name another race that is so quick to run away from their authentic- no. authenticity there black people or people of color that have that are from the diaspora are the first individuals I can, I can, that will I, run I, away I'll, I'll name them go ahead I'll say Hispanics Hispanics do that's, it. This Hispanic is, they're, they're pretty much in the same but they're pretty much in the same boat as black people yeah yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. I think they're, they're you got to think about the majority. However, so, right. like, they white. They pretend to be white. In yes. Yes. You're right. 
in, in, they're in very the same to exactly. Us. They're yeah. they're very similar to us. Go I think ahead, you got to think about Germans. Mm-hmm. Um, Jewish, mm-hmm. okay, um, and then you got to think French. about Italians <laughs> right. and French and Irish, and I think I realized that coming back to Cleveland after Hampton was it's like, oh, okay, yeah, that white girl, oh no, she's Irish. What? Mm. I was like, what? Black, mm. white? What you talking mm-hmm. about? You know, and it's like, no, she's Irish. And as I learned, Irish versus the Germans mm-hmm. versus the Italians, they not running away from that. Exactly. You can go down on what is that, Denison, or oh, what, yeah. uh, and you see those flags wrapped around exactly. the poles, and you know, guess what? This is an Italian neighborhood. Exactly. Guess what? This is an Irish neighborhood. But all these faces are white. But on one block is Italian, right. one block is Irish. I mean, one block is um, Irish, and it's a huge difference. And what's amazing is they will run. We're the only people that will run away from that. We yeah. we are constantly running away from it, and the main one saying that oh, race is a construct. So why are we why are we even talking about it? We're talking about it because it is a construct, and we're the only ones that are running away with like such fervor to get away from our our race. That's the mental enslavement that we have to recognize as a part of us being authentically black okay. and shift that because that's a that's a strategy to get you in, of the mind. That's a strategy to get you to run away from it mm-hmm. because it's bad. Run away from what is bad. Your identity is bad. Mm-hmm. Create a new identity and run away from your identity. That is bad. Mm-hmm. Black is bad. Kinky hair is bad. Mm. Get a perm, you know. Right. Dark skin is bad. Stay away from right. the sun. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like, right. that's a constant. I mean, you can go all the way to the hair. Mm. Like, and if, to go to your point, so what you were talking things. about the Hispanics. Yes, you're 100 percent correct. There are there. If you look on Telemundo, if you look on all of the <laughs> it's a good accent, right? Telemundo. <laughs> if you look on all the the um, <laughs> the actual Hispanic TV shows, yes, they're one shade off of being European or white or whatever have you. And you they're writing themselves out left and right. Like. Yeah, look at look at uh, Sammy Sosa. Sammy Sosa was the darkest brother. He played in the sun. If you look at him now, he looked real pink. But to go to your mm. point, yes, you are 100% correct. It's not just black people, but they are also running away from their their construct. Why are they running away from it? <clears throat> it's because it's viewed as negative. It's view, if, if everything that's black is negative, then why would I want to be a part of it, which is our third segment when, when we come back from break. But as far as being authentic, authentically black, when we're looking at who we are, we just have to accept it. You do. Because on your forehead, it does not I, I, say you know, a black I, dude from Yonkers. You know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, again, I just gotta, I just gotta call, you know, call it as I see it. You know, we open up the show and we have it on tape where mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go camping. And you're like, yeah, black people yeah. don't go camping. Now it's a joke, and I'm, and I'm all for the jokes, and I'm, and I, and I get it, you know. Mm-hmm. But I have to be honest with you. I have to be honest with you, 110 percent honest with you. Mm-hmm. You don't see that many black people camping. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't see that many black people doing the things that, you know, and I'm not even going to say that I do. I think of other other people, you know. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, I'm going to use her example. She was playing soccer at nine years old. Right. Her friend didn't have white friends that was playing soccer. Mm-hmm. And so because her friend didn't have white friends that was playing soccer, she told her, you know what? You're supposed to have black friends. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that it's a negative or a positive. I'm just saying that for me, that is is a testament of saying you know what we're ascribing to a construct that does not fit who we are but it's not a a con if you're defining the construct as something that is put on somebody 
you are black it period put on us. no no what i'm saying you're our black period no matter what it's called you're still you can be called mm -hmm. we purple, did not know we were black until we were brought here what you didn't know we did not know that we were black until we were brought here we did not know that we were black until we brought here yeah like what like I, I mean, no, I get it. I'm just trying to wrap my brain around it. We did. Right. I get that because we were all separated into tribes and we were all separated in ethnic groups. No, I get that part. That we, were we didn't, black. We didn't were know. We were still constructs we were right. divided by right. classism, right. color, right. shape, right. and status. Exactly. In the so, yes, you're right. 100% racial. But if you look at mm. it, if you if you watch Roots, the first thing they ask is, who is Mandingo? And then they go all through and they talk about the tribes and what language. Yeah, I understand that as far as race wise but it isn't like that the aspect of construct is brand new and only the race what i'm saying is in america you're black period it is what it is you're just black and whether you want to run away or stand up on a on a table and be like oh race is the construct race is the construct you're really not helping anything Right, but okay. I, I think one piece that is helpful that I hear you say is that just kind of doing the camping, doing the soccer, it, you're able to help people recognize that it is a construct to be black and that if you want to be authentically black, you can try different activities and behaviors and still appreciate, recognize, embrace, and shift yeah. the definition that the country puts on black. Black doesn't mean you can't go camping. One of the <laughs> right, right. But I think you have to like, hey, why don't, why don't, you right. have to break it down. Why don't exactly. we go camping? That would you be know, a great well, question. Well, because our ancestors ran through the woods. That would be a great question. And, exactly. So we may have some, uh, you know, epigenetic anxiety yeah. about being in the woods it, and because you're black doesn't mean you can't ice skate Does, because you're black right. doesn't mean you can't swim because you're black but you're you're still not running away from the aspect that you're black you're just oh, saying right. Do broaden <laughs> right broaden yeah. your horizon see a little bit more but recognize why others can't do that because they don't have accessibility we're exactly. in garden valley yeah where is the closest ice rink may i uh cleveland heights all right <laughs> or the closest how many buses do you have to get on to get three there? you have to get three okay and how much money is that <laughs> that is three dollars or a dollar fifty each way well, that's six. And then how often do those buses run? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I think that's the difference between being from New York and being yep. in Cleveland. I talk about this all the time. Mm -hmm. That geographical blackness, right, yep. is that you could catch a train. Right. We have to wait on a bus for how long kids in the hood where shootouts are to go ice skating. Mm -hmm. It ain't happening. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, I think it's so loaded, but we can go on and on. It's just so loaded. Right, right. We got to take a break. Just you got something to uh, tie a bow on this? No, she tied the bow on it that I needed to hear. This is Unapologetically Black on WOVULP Cleveland 95.9 FM. Welcome back to Unapologetically Black. Uh, we are here with Stephanie Kelly Lewis, and we were just getting into it about constructs being authentically black and all that other fun stuff. Now we're gonna switch it up. Okay. Now we're gonna go to that next level. Now next level is, what is the benefit of being black? <laughs> <laughs> and Steph said something interesting yesterday while we were doing show prep. She basically said, we are, it's important to be black when we do what? What did you say? What was that T word you said? Trending. Yeah, oh, I did, I did. <laughs> I no, I said that that shouldn't be the only benefit <laughs> that, to being black is when we're trending. We shouldn't the, always think that's our benefit. So the best part of being black is when we're trending. That is is that it? I 
Did you hear me? No, I'm just I, I, I'm just being <laughs> I said real about it, it shouldn't. No, I said it shouldn't be. I said that's what society promotes. Okay. But I I believe I said we sh- that shouldn't be the only reason why we feel like being black is beneficial. Right. But in um, the majority, what we see in society is mm-hmm. we're excited about some blackness when it's trending. Mm-hmm. If it's in basketball, if it's you know, if you're um, a cheerleader, if you're the head cheerleader, and if you're everybody a cheerleader, like if you got a big booty, if right. you, you know, I mean, it's all the way down to the body parts, and and it's the long nails, you know, everything. Mm-hmm. We like to call them. And my friend said, I have to shout her out. She said, culture vultures. Culture vultures. vultures. Right. So when yeah. there's some culture vultures, right. then we're proud, right. you know. Um, but. The good thing about the trending that I didn't mention in the show prep is right now we're trending, oh, this all black legal team, you know, like, mm. or, you know, Mayor yeah. Atlanta. Yeah. And it's like, oh, look, black, mm. black, black. And it's in positions of change. Mm-hmm. And I definitely think that's a good trend okay. to promote your blackness because it breaks the barriers. It, it promotes barrier breaking. Okay. So, in it, I think this came up because we were looking at, um, in the business world and you have a store and somebody comes in and they see you you're the owner of the store that individual that comes in is black in other community now that person walks up to you and let's just say that person says hey you know is there a discount (laughs) the very first thing that a black person says or sees or whatever have you they'd be like oh my god why that's why i don't do that's why i don't deal with black people that's Mm -hmm. why i don't do this that's why i don't do that to where the idea is solely only only black people get asked for discounts because there's a benefit of being italian you walk if you're an italian you walk into an italian restaurant you're going to get you're going to get the discount you're jewish you're going to get the jewish discount everybody else that comes in they get full price Mm -hmm. but the jewish Individual, if you're a Jewish owner, you're a Jewish customer, you're getting a Jewish price. And so I don't understand why it's so, (laughs) I guess, hard to realize that being there needs to be more benefits to being black than just trending, than just being tough. And I don't I don't think we have that right now. I think because we're in survival mode, so I can't give you a Mm -hmm. discount because I'm broke as (laughs) <laughs> you know and you broke as f- so but why are you asking me for two pennies to rub together with your two pennies so we can have less than a nickel so the, yeah the italian i can rub you 50 because you own the block so you think it has way more to do about what level you are at a given time rather yes. than actually it has to be if you're struggling i'm struggling we should struggle together and there, what does that produce what do you mean? What it is? It produced more struggle. Well, wait, no, okay. it actually produced movement. How do how do we get how do we get everything in the 1960s? Every everybody that was black was struggling theoretically, right? We all struggled together to get something. How did it happen when we had Black Wall Street? Everybody struggled together because we had just got released from um, mm-hmm. uh, slavery. Everybody struggled together, but we we struggled together collectively. I have a problem with That's with, a good point. with we don't we don't want to struggle collectively. We don't want to be we don't want somebody to walk in and I had I come into your shop as a black person, charge me seventy five cent. Somebody that's not black comes into your shop to buy it, charge them a dollar. 
Okay. That's what that's what I have a problem with because yeah. in other cultures and other communities, the discount is auto, auto mm, the discount is automatic. Because the collective nature is already established. Exactly. So I think we're jumping the gun. I think we have to do what you're doing now, mm-hmm. a show to discuss this and increase everyone's awareness and their acceptance and the avenue to create change. I don't think that we're equipped to run to change like that mm-hmm. because we have to build a trust with one another again. Mm-hmm. We have to trust that if I give you this for How 75 this cents. Say what? What would you say? How long does that process take? Oh. How long does the process take? You see, because and I have to, I'm sorry, you know, how long does that process take? I mean, we've been talking about this since we was in undergrad. I was going to say that too. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I was going to ask how long the process takes. I think it takes a while. I think the meaningful, I think the most significant part about what you're doing is where you are airing. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, okay. like in this area where people who, they need to hear, you know, they need to hear that, mm-hmm. hey, this is not about the bourgeoisie mm-hmm. sitting here discussing blackness. Okay. Like, we're trying to create a fucking change. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so I think that while you're doing it, and we're going to get into this in the third segment. Well, about, this is the third segment. So are we going to get to, yeah, whenever gonna, you introduce that, yeah. you know, that piece is that, hey, we have to recognize that this is going to be effective. Right. And get out of we're a group of sorority fraternity, you know, mm-hmm. right here. Like, mm-hmm. of course, we are going to have ideas and share them. Mm-hmm. Talk to, you know, the the, the street runner, you right. know, who, who who hasn't even had a conversation like this before right. at the barbershop. <laughs> right, right. Who's like, what? Like, right. I'm talking about my hoes and, you and know, it's money. Right. I think it just, that's, it's going to take time until we reach everybody. And that, I think that's what, what Justice was talking about. Like, how long is this going to take? Because no we need to be collectively collectively selfish or collectively struggle mm-hmm. and um we, we need to be a little bit more collective I, I watched the show kings in the wilderness and the example that i want to use is the, the 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 difference in opinion that stokely carmichael had and martin luther king and in my opinion you know stokely carmichael honestly killed martin luther king because he didn't he didn't have a, a full understanding of what was going on Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of my problems that I have and, you know, and it's not with the young lady, but what she stated is that, you know, it's going to take time, mm-hmm. you know, and to that kid who wants to go ice skating from the hood, you know, how much time does he have to wait? You know, and if you consider that we've been having kids in the hood who've been wanting to go ice skating for the last 20, 30 years, mm-hmm. how much time is it going to take before we actually, you know, actually just start doing something? Like mm-hmm. I hear that, you know, I hear the points. You know, and we can always talk about the points, but when are the points going to start facilitating action? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think when it's um, a larger platform, like, you know, when Eric was at, asking me about my husband and being a police officer, that platform is very large as far as what we should believe about police officers and blacks. Mm-hmm. If what is needed to rehabilitate us mm-hmm. within us for us by us <laughs> it will that's when i think it will be you know but we're always talking about what systems we need to fight against in order to better mm-hmm. ourselves when really if we just focused on us mm-hmm. it, those systems would not be as strong <laughs> you know what i mean mm-hmm. like or they would have a lot of work to do because we all going down you know what i mean mm-hmm. and and i think that that conversation just has to happen as long as the negative conversations happen i think that's what's going to create the change faster 
and what's interesting to go back to what you were alluding to earlier about something we were listening to so we listened to what is it the hidden brain and they were talking about diversity and what's interesting to go along with the whole black thing or to where we can become too pro-black and we may be forgetting something Mm -hmm. so what the uh, podcast was actually talking about was the importance of diversity and I listened to it and I listened to it and what I got most what I got most from it was that one the individuals that need to hear this because what it actually stated it stated a couple of things one it stated that no matter what ethnic group you are if you continue to work together in a scientific um, area your papers get cited less because if your mm-hmm. papers get cited that means that whatever you wrote, people want, they want to use the material. And what they stated is that no matter if you're Chinese, whether if you're white, no matter if you're, you know, whatever ethnic group that you're from, your papers get cited less. Now, a problem I have with the with that podcast specifically is because I don't think I don't think in at least in America, white people are getting that Mm-mm. because far too often we see boards at major fi- Fortune 500 companies that are all white all white males Mm -hmm. and so when i was listening to that podcast to go to allude to what you were talking about i don't think that they got that now the other part go ahead i think some of them do because a lot of those companies have a diversity management you know office that is typically ran by a person of color Right. <laughs> so, it, so that's the person we need to talk to. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I, get, I get what you're saying. And, and uh, it's it's so collective and balanced. And I think until we find that right niche, you mm-hmm. know, so all the women's rights going on, right. that we should be uh, uh, that's all women's. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like anything where the structure of society is creating mm-hmm. constructs mm-hmm. that look black. Yeah. We got to attack it wholeheartedly mm-hmm. instead of being like, oh, I ain't got nothing to do with that. I don't, you know, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and associate that message across mm-hmm. the board right. with everyone. And right. we don't, you know, right. we, we, and that makes us more individualistic. But America's not a collective right. culture anyway. <laughs> right. They're not inclusive. So we're fighting against a lot. So right. it's going to take a long time. Right. We're not built on a collectivity That's true as, as a country. That's true. What you got, Jess? Um, is, you know, understanding. And I guess that's my my point is always to say understanding the diversity within us, mm-hmm. and understanding that if you embrace what E King and and the sister has been saying the whole entire show, then you will be okay. You know, for me, it's accepting the fact that we are diverse, accepting the fact that we have our own look. Um, that look may not be the stereotypical look. And we have to do that internally first mm-hmm. um, in order for the external to accept us, you know, and that's just, that's just, you know, that's just bare basis. This is like family one-on-one, you know, you're not going to let somebody else come over to your family and do something that is completely off the, the, the respect radar. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's within your family to be that way, that's how y'all going to do. It. And it's the same thing I think with everyone else. And we have to learn, in my opinion, um, to do that first. And I don't think that we have, I a think lot of we, us have the mm-hmm. the intellectual humility to do that. I think mm. that I I think I think we're tired of it though, and that's where it comes to the point of the non-black I people. That. I think we're tired of it. We're tired of holding that, and we're tired of the ones being the initial person to say, "Look, include us." 
because mm-hmm. diversity creates ingenuity, which also came from that podcast. Mm-hmm. You you come up with more, you come up with better solutions if you have more people with different minds. Now the problem, but I, okay. well, the no, include no. us means don't come to my wedding and and bring all your friends and crash my wedding. Well, and it, please tell me y'all have ever seen that. <laughs> we see, the, I the, see. The picture with a lady <laughs> that happened. Yeah. Y'all yeah, know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, right? yeah. That but that but it's include us not just to have a face in the room or just to have yes. a color in the room, but include us because we're also smart. Yes. We're also, we also can create. And I think that's the part that people but don't get. Don't crash my wedding. I'm sorry I have to keep saying that. What are you that. talking about? <laughs> I get it, man. I I know I know what you saying. And because again, I, I because we don't give the perspective, and I, and again, I, it's, it's our responsibility to give perspective. Mm-hmm. The and I, let me give the the, the crash my wedding um, yeah, story real quick. There was a a young lady that accidentally sent a text message out for a wedding invite, and mm-hmm. she sent the text message out to a brother or a sister. I don't know, but it happens to be some black people. Mm-hmm. Um, long story short, they brought the whole crew. Mm-hmm. They brought the whole, when I say they brought the whole crew, they brought the whole crew. Not only did they bring the whole crew, they brought the whole crew and they didn't dress up. Mm. Okay. <laughs> but All right? <laughs> no, no, don't all right and okay me. No, 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 no. I'm not, say, is, I'm not saying it like my that. My point is, mm-hmm. like, you know for a fact that yeah. if it would have been this sister's wedding right here on the, on the, on the show right now, it wouldn't have went down that way. Right. But you know what? Those white people say, you know what? We're just going to we're gonna go with it. And we're going to rock out. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Don't forget that that happened. Right. Mm-hmm. Don't forget that they did that. Right. And I'm, I don't, I'm not saying forget that. What I'm mm-hmm. saying is understand that inclusion is much better than sticking to your own race, sticking to your own, mm-hmm. your own mindset. Because right now, so we have, so this show... It is hosted by two individuals. It's hosted by Justice and it's hosted by Eric. We need we need to include also women. Mm-hmm. We also in, need to include an additional male, whether it's a white person, a black person, a, a you know whatever. Mm-hmm. We also it in order for our show to get a tad bit better, we also need to include. Mm-hmm. Now that last point or the last point that I'm going to make on this is you can embrace your race and be diverse all at the same time. You can, you can absolutely. And I, and I think I'm pro black. This show is pro black. I'm, I'm the lightest thing in this room and I'm the lightest thing on this mic. That's right now. clear, <laughs> but you can still embrace diversity while being black and Absolutely. being pro-black, and I, I think that's also something that gets lost in, in pro-black stuff. In pro-black stuff, yeah, and that think, authentic black too. But that's it where gets, it the gets authentic... lost in the benefit. Yeah. 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 It gets lost in the benefit, and and like you said earlier, um, you know, it, it's the thing that's trending. You know. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. We got we got to wrap it up. We can we can come back to this. Uh, I know two? I know we can do a part two, but it, let's put a bow on this. So our two topics were authentically black, one, and then the second one were benefits. We actually bled them all together um, to where the in being authentically black is just being who you are is one. 
is looking on the inside and saying, this is who I am, this is what I feel. And the benefits of, of, of doing that, period, just overall, not to negate anything that we've, that we've spoken about, the benefit of doing that is that we have a greater world. We have a better world, not just as, within the black community, but just in the world, period. Be who you are, be authentic, be black. If you're smart black, if you're dumb black, we're all black together. Let's not run, ag- <laughs> Let's not run away from it. That's my tie. I love it. <laughs> I love that time. <laughs> That's my time. All right. So we go. We gonna get up out of here. We asked earlier. We asked uh, Steph what she wanted to oh, uh, hear. So we gonna play on our outro. This is the song that's given her a little bit of flavor. Is Fubu by Solange, and we're going to bam. I want to thank Stephanie Kelly Lewis for coming out and visiting us today. Um, Once again, this is Unapologetically Black. Our intro music is Black Republican by Nas featuring Jay-Z. Please join us next Tuesday as we go on what? From 2 to 3 on WOVULP Cleveland. Uh, Any last words before we we send out? Where, Where can we reach you, Steph? Well, you can reach me at the perspective liaison at gmail.com. Okay, okay. That's if, you got, if you want to, if you want to holler at her and just talk a little bit more, just go ahead and reach her there. If you want to catch any of our old episodes or our old aired episodes, you can reach us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts by searching Unapologetically Black. 